High Praise Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. Quickly to Revelations chapter 12. We had a lot of new members, and whenever we have membership Sunday, it obviously takes a little bit of time, and we got a lot of things going on today. But I want to share a message with you this morning called The Overcomer In It to Win It. In It to Win It. Um, how many of you know that God has not called you to walk in defeat? He's called you to walk in victory. He's not called you to live under. He's called you to live over. You're an overcomer, not an underwhelmer. Amen? You're not under. You are over. Praise God. Look at somebody say, you're not under. You're over. We sing the song, we have overcome. We believe we have overcome, and we are continuing to overcome. Because although we've overcome, there still are situations, there still is a real devil that's out there. But the good news is this, you have already been given victory. In one way, uh, it is already a fixed fight. You just got to show up and begin to use the weapons that God has given you. God has not called you to walk in defeat. He's not called you. See, a lot of times people think, well, I became a Christian, and they begin to expect that life is going to be hard, and it's going to be difficult, and it's going to be strenuous. And, and I want you to understand that that is not the kind of life that Jesus has designed for you to live as a believer. He's designed for you to live a life full of joy. Everybody say joy. A life of fulfillment. A life where you walk in victory, and the devil is under your feet. Listen, the devil doesn't belong anywhere other than under your feet. If the devil is anywhere else, then you need to put him back where he belongs. And he belongs underneath your feet. Let me even go so far as to say what Paul said, the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. Not only does he belong there, but you need to do some beating up on him. You know what I'm talking about? I know that's not proper English, but you understand what I'm saying. You need to exert some pain to the camp of the enemy. See, we weren't left here on earth. You know, Jesus, whenever, uh, whenever, after his resurrection, and he went back to, uh, uh, to, to be seated at the right hand of the Father, understand this, we weren't left here just uh, uh, so that we would suffer for him, and, you know, life would be hard for us, and there would be a people that he could point to and say, man, they really know how to take it on the chin. Understand this, that is not the reason that we are here on earth. Hear this. You are here on this planet to be the devil's worst nightmare. I said, you're here on this planet to be the devil's worst nightmare. You know what? You're here on this planet in order that whenever the devil sees you waking up in the morning, he goes, oh no, they're up and out of bed. One, it's one more opportunity that you're going to have to inflict damage on the kingdoms of darkness. Now understand, when I begin to talk like this, I'm not, I'm not talking like a pro wrestler. Does everybody understand that? You ever seen any professional wrestlers, you know, get out there and do their little shtick and begin, I'm going to get you, you did this and that. Listen, I'm not talking that way. Because understand this, everything they do is already choreographed. But understand this, what we are doing is we are making declaration of who we are in Christ Jesus. 
Jesus and where the devil actually belongs. And until you begin to make those declarations, you're going to live in defeat and you're going to live in agony and you're going to live in torment and you're going to live in a way that God hasn't designed for you to live. It has to start with the words of your mouth. And so you have to begin to speak the language of victory and the language of triumph before you actually experience it. Revelation 12, verse 10 says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, and by the way, I want you to really engage today because I believe that God wants to release something in your heart, release something in your spirit. I'm not just up here preaching a message, you know, uh, to do my job or do my duty that I have uh, uh, been designated today. Understand this, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to speak something to your heart that's going to make a difference in your life. But listen, you won't get it if you don't engage. Can I tell you that Jesus preached and the disciples heard the same word that the scribes and the Pharisees heard. But you know what? The scribes and the Pharisees, they didn't engage and they only found fault. The disciples, on the other hand, they were engaging and they were listening and they were to everything that Jesus was saying. Well, their lives were changed. The scribes and the Pharisees, they were not. So engage this morning, Revelations 12, 10, that I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused him before our God day and night has been cast down. Praise God. And they overcame him. Say they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. Now <clears throat> this is found in the book of Revelation chapter 12 and most of the time whenever you talk to Christians about the book of Revelation they have this idea of a book that's about doom and impending cataclysmic events that are going to take place and it's a book of nothing but terror. There's dragons and, and winged creatures and all kind of strange things. But I want you to realize whenever you really begin to study the book of Revelation, it actually says at the very beginning, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Everybody say Jesus Christ. It's the revelation of Jesus. And whenever you read Revelation 2 and 3, you don't have time to go there, but what you'll see is that there are seven different churches and the Spirit of the Lord is writing a letter. There is a letter, there is an articulation, a prophetic word, shall we even say, that is being articulated over seven churches that are there in Asia Minor. And so these seven churches are hearing the word of the Lord. And get this, at the end, this is the way the book of Revelation starts. At the end of every letter written to the seven churches, they always end by this, to him who overcomes, I will give. To him who overcomes, I will give. See, the book of Revelation is not a book about impending doom, disaster, and cataclysmic events. It's about how the church rises up in power and begins to overcome the forces of darkness and the forces of the enemy. Hallelujah. Because in Revelations 2 and 3, it says to him who overcomes, this is what's going to happen. In Revelation 12, it says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. And then you read on to the end, it says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and we ruled and reigned with Jesus forever and ever. Listen, the book of Revelation is a book about overcoming by the power of God, by the anointing of the Holy Ghost, because that that's how God's called you to live. Look at somebody and say, you're an overcomer. 
I think one of the pictures that we can see painted in the book of Revelation is there's all kind of crazy things that are going on, but the church still rises up and overcomes. And can I tell you, in the midst of all the craziness that's going on today, I've got an announcement to make to you, and that is the church can still arise in the power of the Spirit and overcome every attack and every onslaught of hell today. Nothing's changed, my friend. And the power of God is still the same. The Holy Ghost is still the same. And we can overcome by the power of the Spirit. Now understand this, living life as an overcomer does not guarantee the absence of adversity. Rather, it is the assurance of victory. When the Bible says that you've been made more than conquerors through him who loved us, and when it declares thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph, it is not saying that you will never have any adverse moments. How many of you have had some adverse moments since you've been a believer? You know, we had some adverse moments. All of us had some adverse moments in 2018. Y'all remember something that happened in October of 2018? We had some adverse moments. But can I tell you, we overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony, and we loved not our lives unto the death. Amen? And you know what? We had some challenges uh, during the pandemic and COVID and all the other stuff that was going on. Can I tell you? We overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony, and we love not our lives unto death. Amen? See, understand this, regardless of what you may be facing, and because, again, you know, I've lived long enough to realize that every, you know, it's the ebbs and flows of life, and there's all kind of things that happen whenever you walk down the path of life. There are, unfortunately, some unpleasurable things, but I'm here to declare to you that even in the midst of an, uh, midst of an unpleasurable situation, you can still rise up in the power of the Spirit, and you can overcome. Hallelujah. You see, because, listen, whenever you got saved, you didn't get saved and come into the kingdom of God to live the life of a loser. You came because you are in it to win it. Hallelujah. I am in it to win it. Look at somebody say, I'm in it to win it. Look at somebody else say, you're in it to win it. And that's what Jesus was really saying to the seven churches. You can read it later in Revelations 2 and 3. He was just saying, you're in it to win it. You know what? Here's the problem that's going on. In every one of the seven churches, there was some kind of issue. Two of them had a pretty good report, but the other five were jacked up. You know what? You know, there's a lot of churches today that are jacked up. No, I won't even go any farther on that. But and the reason that the churches are jacked up is because the church is nothing more than the people that are within that church. And when you got jacked up people, you're going to have a jacked up church. Again, I'm not throwing stones. I'm just making an observation here. And the reality is there's probably some folks here and, uh, that have some situations that are all jacked up, but I got some good news for you. Because hear this, what, what the Lord did in, in every one of the letters, he exposed the problem, then he gave them a remedy, and he says, now if you'll press through and you'll begin to actually apply the remedy, there's a reward that I have on the other side whenever you overcome. Understand, you can't stop right now because there's a reward if you'll only overcome. If you'll press on through, there's a reward at the end of the day. Amen? Look at somebody say, there's a reward to receive. See, I mean it to win it. 
There's a reward on the other side of overcoming the adversity. Understand this, anytime you're facing an adverse situation, that means one thing. There's a reward on the other side of it. The enemy is attempting to keep you from getting the reward that God has for you. Is there anybody facing any adversity right now? Anybody here watch any adversity in any area of your life? There's something going on right now you're having to press through. I've got good news for you. There's a great reward on the other side of it. I said there's a great reward on the other side of it. You might be having some health issues right now, but there's some great reward on the other side of it. There may be some financial issues right now, but there's some great reward on the other side of it. You may be having some family situations, and it seems like you've come to the end of your rope, but I'm telling you that there is a reward on the other side of it, and you're going to see your prodigals come home in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony. Let me real quickly just hit on these because, listen, there's not any kind of new secret in overcoming. You, you understand what? There's not like some kind of new technique. You know, many times I hear people say, I got a fresh revelation. Well, you know, and I understand what well, really is a fresh illumination. The revelation has been there all, the, all along, and probably somebody else saw it before they did. But it's just an illumination that they receive. And I pray that some fresh illumination will, I, I pray the light bulbs will come on in your mind and your heart today. That the Holy Spirit will cause this to come alive. But there's, there's no secret, no new secret to overcoming. And it's very plain. He actually says they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the word of the testimony, and they love not their lives unto death. That's how you're going to do it. You know, the same way that we see that the church in Revelation that they overcame is the same way that we are going to overcome today. Let's talk about the blood of the Lamb. The one of the, the most important things about the blood of Jesus that you must understand is found in Colossians 1, verse 13. I'm going to read it. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood. Understand this, the only thing that would purchase you back from the enemy, that would purchase you back from hell, is the blood of Jesus. Now, a lot of times whenever you talk about being redeemed or talk about redemptions, people immediately begin to think of forgiveness. But I want you to hear this. Redemption is not mere forgiveness. Redemption, being redeemed, does not merely mean that you have been forgiven. Redeemed means this, you have been purchased. I'm going to say it again. It means that you have been purchased. Let me say it another way. You don't even belong to yourself anymore. But also it means this, you don't belong to the devil any longer. And if you don't belong to the devil, can't touch this. Would you look at somebody and say, can't touch this. If you belong to the Lord, that means that the devil cannot touch you. The devil cannot touch me. I'm going to say it until it really gets down on the inside of you because I believe that the Lord is wanting to prompt an attitude within you this morning where you begin to rise up in the power of the Holy Ghost. You come out of that place of slumber and sleep and you say, devil, you can't touch this. I'm tired of you touching my family. I'm tired of you touching my finances. I'm tired of you touching my health. And I'm declaring, you can't touch this. There is a bloodline. I have been purchased. I am redeemed by precious blood. 
which means this, I belong to Jesus. I am his property and the enemy cannot touch me. Hallelujah. Look at somebody say, the devil can't touch you. Again, redemption doesn't mean merely, well, you've been forgiven. No, you've been purchased. You're purchased. I don't even belong to myself anymore. I belong to Jesus. Let me say it like this. I have become the servant of the Most High God. I have become the servant of the Lord. And I'm not serving because he's making me serve. I'm doing it because I willfully serve because he's the one who purchased me with his blood. He was willing to go to the cross. He was willing to spread out his arms. He was willing to allow nails to be pierced through his hands. He was willing to allow nails to be pierced through his feet. He was willing to allow a spear to be thrust through his side. Why? Because I needed to be purchased from the devil and he loved me enough he said I'm not going to allow you to remain the property of hell I'm purchasing you back hallelujah they overcome by the blood of the lamb everybody say the blood of the lamb if the enemy doesn't own me then he can't touch me praise God being redeemed means this I'm more than a conqueror being redeemed means that I'm a new creation in Christ. Being redeemed means that I am the righteousness of God in Christ, which means I can boldly come to the throne of grace and find help in the time of need. Being, being redeemed means I'm healed by the very stripes of Jesus. Being redeemed means I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I am over and not under. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Being redeemed means that I prosper even as my soul prospers. Being redeemed means that I'm in covenant with the creator of heaven and earth. Woo! Hallelujah. Being redeemed means this. I am a part of an unshakable kingdom, which means this. When the world is going crazy, I'm still a part of an unshakable kingdom. Being redeemed means that I always triumph in Christ Jesus. Being redeemed means that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. Look at somebody say, we're redeemed. To overcome by the blood of a lamb means that there is a revelation and an understanding of who you are and what you possess in Christ Jesus. Because that's the only thing that's going to cause it to work within your life. See, it's not merely coming down the aisle and praying a sinner's prayer. It's having an understanding of who you are in Christ. It's having an understanding that you've been purchased by precious blood. It's having an understanding that the devil has no right to you. It's having an understanding that you have been made more than a conqueror because of the blood that was shed for you. Hallelujah. Let me say it another way. I am no longer a sinner saved by grace. I was a sinner and I've been saved by grace, but now I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and I stand in the very image and likeness of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I belong to Jesus and the devil can't touch this. Look at somebody one more time and say, the devil can't touch me. Praise God. It says that they overcame by the word of their testimony. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You know, I'm fully convinced that there are many Christians who end up actually self-sabotaging. They sabotage themselves because of the words that's coming out of their mouths. You know what? Whenever Hurricane Michael hit, there were a lot of people that were saying it's the end. This area is going to be doomed. I mean, there was a lot of negative outlook that was being articulated. But you know what the Lord said? God said, I'm going to shalam you. 
I'm going to restore to you. You're going to have more than you had before. You're going to have greater than what you had previously. Glory to God. You know, all we had to do is we had to rise up in the power of the Holy Ghost and overcome by the word of our testimony. We had to say, though everything we're looking at looks bad and looks bleak right now, the reality is what the Lord is saying is that we're going to have more than we had before and that God will restore to us everything that the canker worm, the palmer worm, and the caterpillar has eaten. Amen? See, the word of your testimony is your faith expressed. And we will never be any greater and we'll never do more than what we actually speak. If you can't say it, you'll never do it. If you can't say it, you'll never see it. You have to learn to speak and declare things by faith even when everything around you is speaking and declaring something different. Again, as I already said, there are many believers who sabotage their own lies with the words of their mouth. I would encourage you, if you're speaking the language of defeat, stop it. Because the more you speak the language of defeat, the longer you're going to live there. You know what? You come and pray and you can beg, but until you change your confession and the words of your mouth, you're going to stay right there. Don't let words of defeat. As a matter of fact, there's some things you just got to take out of your vocabulary. You know what I'm saying? You know what? You got to take words of sickness and disease out of your vocabulary. You got to take anything that articulates any type of defeat. You got to take it out of your mouth. You got to stop talking about it. Well, you know what? I don't know if my husband is ever going to serve God. No! Turn your words around and say, praise the Lord. I declare that he's a man of God. I declare he's a man after God's. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? You've got to change your confession. That's how they overcame. By the word of their testimony, they began to speak things that were right and correct in agreement with God's plan and with God's will. Speaking the language of defeat causes you to live there. Speaking God's word and his promise is the beginning of victory in your life. Why? Because this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. That's what John said, 1 John chapter 5. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So when it talks about them overcoming by the word of their testimony, it's saying they overcame by their faith. They begin to call those things which be not as though they were. They begin to live like Abraham. Think about this, a man who is 99 years old and he gets a promise that he's going to be a father. And everything had shut down. You know what I'm talking about? Biologically, it was not possible. But you know what? The Bible says that God calls those things which be not as though they were. And God calls a resurrection in Abraham's body and he fathered a child at 99 years old. Hallelujah. Amen. Heard the other day, Robert De Niro, did he, somebody tell me Robert De Niro, at, you know, at 80, he, he don't have anything. Abraham's already done it at 99. Amen. We choose to speak what we believe rather than what we see. But man, if there's anything that we need right now in the church is we need some people that will rise up and begin to speak what we believe rather than what we see. The way you change what you see is you begin to speak what you believe. This is the way that they overcame. The reason that you see the end of the book of Revelation, where, you know, again, Revelations 2 and 3, the challenge to overcome, Revelations 12, and they overcame by the blood of a lamb and the word of their testimony, loved not their lives unto death. Then at the very end, what is, there's great victory, there's triumph, you know, there's the marriage supper of the Lamb. There's all these wonderful things that begin to take place. The new heaven, a new earth, the millennial reign, whatever you want to call it. The kingdom comes with power and authority. 
See, again, a book about overcoming, but part of the way that they overcame was what was coming out of their mouths. Listen, I encourage every one of you, examine what's coming out of your mouth. Examine what you're saying. And the last thing is this, they love not their lives unto the death. Now, this, is, this particular thing is not talked about very much. As a matter of fact, I heard messages on this whenever I was in my 20s. And what I heard primarily, they talked about the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And just conveniently kind of left out, and they love not their lives unto death. And part of the reason that they leave it out, because it sounds bad. We don't want to talk about that. It sounds like you got to sacrifice something. you got to give up something. You know what I'm saying? But the reality is this. If you actually understand what is meant by death, it all of a sudden begin to crystallize in your heart, in your mind. And you'll begin to see that what the Lord wants you to give up is only that which is going to cause you to lose victory. The only thing he's wanting you to give up, hear this, is what's going to cause you to live in defeat. And why would you want to hold on to something that's going to cause you to live in defeat? Why would you want to keep on sinning if you know that sin is going to cause your marriage to fall apart? Why would you want to keep on acting that way and doing those things if you know it's going to cause family destruction? God's not trying to cramp your style. He's wanting to save your life. Amen? It says they love not their lives unto death. Let me define what death literally is. Death is separation. Everybody say separation. See, separate, uh, death doesn't necessarily mean cease to exist. As a matter of fact, even physical death, your body doesn't cease to exist. Your body ceases to function, but actually physical death is the separation of your spirit and soul from your body. How many know you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body? So when somebody dies physically, their spirit and their soul still continues to live, right? Y'all understand that? Your spirit and soul, they are eternal. You will live eternally. And so what happens, physical death merely means that your physical body ceases to function and your spirit and soul, they are separated from your body. Spiritual death is your spirit man's separation from the Lord. If somebody is spiritually dead, that means they are separated from God. The life giver, they are separated from the life source. They are separated from the Lord. So when it says that they love not their lives unto the death, what it literally is saying is they love not their lives to the point that they were willing to separate from some things. Can tell you that there is a call of God on the church in this hour to separate ourselves from some stuff that's going on and you may have some things going on in your life right now. There may be some type of secret sin going on. I'm not trying to accuse anybody. You know what's going on, and you don't need a prophetic word for God to point that out. You know what's happening within your life. And hear this. If you want to see victory, and you want to be the overcomer, and you want to be in it to win it, then you got to be willing to separate yourself from that stuff. Amen? I said you got to be willing to separate yourself from that stuff we got to separate ourselves from anything that hinders us. If it's hindering us from doing the will of God, then we have to separate ourselves from it. As a matter of fact, sometimes you might need to turn off the TV. If you can't do the will of God because TV's distracting you, you might need to turn off the internet. You might need to put down your phone. You might need to put away your iPad for a week. Are you following what I'm saying so you can do what God's called you to do? I mean, God forbid that we don't see the latest Facebook post. But you know what? You might have to separate yourself sometimes. Well, thank you for that overwhelming response. I knew that that would go over. I mean, the whole world would be clapping about that one. 
I'm not saying there's anything wrong. I post on Facebook and I see it and everything. But understand this, it's not keeping me from doing the will of God. Are you following what I'm saying? As a matter of fact, I use it as a platform to do the will of God. I want to put something good out there. And by the way, if you see pictures of my wife and I, that's doing something good. You know, let me tell you why. And it's not because she is so beautiful. It's not because she's a brick house, even though she is. This is why, because you know what? I want everybody in my sphere, so to speak, to know that you can be in ministry and your marriage can stay together and you can have kids that serve God and you can have grandchildren that are serving the Lord. You can have something that resembles heaven on earth. You don't have to live jacked up just because you went in ministry. If you're all jacked up because you went in ministry, somewhere you left the door open. Close the door. Is this too strong for you today? But you've got to separate yourself from some things. You know what? There may be some friendships mm, ha, that you may have that you might have to separate yourself from. You might have to have these people that are trying to lead you in the wrong direction, down the wrong path. You might have to say, you know, I love you, but i got to love you from a distance. Amen? I'll witness to you, but we're not going to have close fellowship. Oh, I know that's not popular today. But it's what we need to learn to live. If you're going to live an overcoming life, you've got to be willing to separate yourself from some things in the world. If there are relationships that are taking you the wrong direction, you've got to separate from it. If there are things in the media, etc., whatever, then you've got to separate from it. If there are some things that you have believed, if there are some sacred cows that you have in your mind, then you've got to separate yourself. As a matter of fact, you need to slay those sacred cows and actually have you a barbecue, praise God. Many believers, they fail to overcome solely because they refuse to separate themselves from the things that keep them from overcoming. You see, the church that we read about in Revelation, they were willing to separate themselves. I'm going to get rid of this thing in my life. I'm not going to allow this secret sin to be going on. I'm not going to allow this secret relationship. And by the way, I'm going to just go ahead and tell you, men, if you can't give your phone to your wife and let her look at what you're looking at and read what's going on, uh, then you need to repent and get right. You need to clean your act up. Hallelujah. Everybody in this place ought to be clapping and shouting right now. There ought not to be any secrets whatsoever. If you got secrets in your relationship, then you need to get rid of your secrets. Right? Victoria needs to get rid of her secret. Right? You got to get rid of those secrets that are going on. I know men today, they won't, and women, by the way, had somebody in my office one time, and there was something that was going on. We knew that was going on. And husband asked, can I see your cell phone? She said, no. No, I'm not going to We tried to convince her she couldn't. I couldn't go grab it from her, but I wanted to. But I couldn't. Well, a month later, everything all came out. Certainly just, just like everybody knew was going on, it all came out. While she lied to my face the whole time, sitting there swearing to God. Now, it's not going on. Listen, if you've got secret stuff, understand this. Your sins will find you out one way or another. And you need to go ahead and get separated from it right now. Listen, go ahead and allow it to be done in secret. Separate yourself from it in secret so it's not shouted from the rooftops. Amen. Y'all still love me? I got to close. I'm coming in for a landing. Listen, I believe the Lord is saying to this church, you have overcome. And you will overcome. 
You've been through the fire. How many know we've been through some fire? But just like the three Hebrew children, we did not bow. Look at somebody say, I'm not going to bow. And I believe that we're going to come out with even the smell of smoke on us. We've weathered the storm and we passed the test. And now we're going to receive heaven's best. The things that were a test will now become your testimony. Glory to God. You need to erect an altar of testimony within your life through thanksgiving. The church of Revelation, they overcame. I believe high praise, we overcame. I believe that we will continue to overcome. Why? Because we're in it to win it. There's a reward that God has for us. I said there's a reward on the other side. We're going to press through and we're going to overcome every situation, every circumstance, and every demon of hell is going to be crushed beneath our feet in the name of Jesus. Would you stand to your feet today? Come on, stand to your feet. How many have received something from this? My Lord, I preached myself up a sweat today. Praise God. I believe that God is speaking something to us in this hour. Church, rise up. You overcome by the blood of a lamb, the word of their testimony. You love not your life unto death. We're going to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Lift your hands right now. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. And I want you to pray this with me right now. Let's pray. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you've called me to be an overcomer, that today I overcome by the blood of a lamb, by the word of my testimony. And I love not my life unto the death. I separate myself from things that would hinder in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Today is a day of triumph. Today is a day of victory. We're moving forward. And we will possess the land, the territory, the reward in Jesus' name. Now give the Lord a shout of praise right now. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.